Do you ever wish that you could get inside your teenager's head and know what they're thinking and feeling? Maybe your teenager's not sharing everything with you and you wonder what you could do to get them to open up a little bit. Well, there's a lot we can do by learning how to read and interpret their body language. When we master the art of body language, it's almost like we can read our teenager's mind and get inside their head. And we can also use our own body language to connect better and make the conversation flow more smoothly when we're talking about difficult or awkward topics. We're going to get into how that works and exactly how to do it on an upcoming episode featuring Derek Orthwick. Here's a clip from that episode. You can get a clue to the way somebody thinks by the way that they walk. So if you imagine the old movies where you see the old-fashioned professor, he tends to walk with his head leaning forward. That's indicative that he's more cerebral. Yeah. Then there is people who walk with the chest open, and they're more heart-centric. And then you have the younger group of young men. We don't want to go there, and they lead with another part of the body. I'm sure we've all seen the slacker. <laughs> so that gives you a clue as to how people are wired as well in the body language side. But getting back to the heart trigger, we can move awareness around. Now, what tends to happen is... And we're not going to go into the world of woo here. What we're talking about is things that help us program the unconscious mind to make us more congruent. If you think about this, all memories are a lie. They're a lie that we've created. It's not real reality. So people may worry and say, oh, I was at that party. I made a real fool of myself. People are not going to like me. The chances are, and I explain this as well, people won't remember. So the great thing is you created the memory you can change it. If you think about perhaps a chat show where there's a famous actress or an actor on and they're recalling an uncomfortable memory, something that was really troubling to them or an emotion, the eyes look down, don't they? Mm, yeah. But when you recall, if I said to you, what's the color of the first front door in the house you lived at, many people would have to think hard about that and they will look up. So you look up for visual and you look down for emotions. So if you're speaking to your teenager and they're looking down, you know they're in emotional access mode. Interesting. If they're looking up, they're accessing visual pictures. So if you can imagine if you're speaking to somebody and looking down and you say, I can understand this must be difficult for you, you know they're accessing the emotion. Mm. Ask you another question as well, Andy, just to sharpen awareness. Yeah. If you're walking down the street and you see somebody looking down and to the left, they are talking to themselves. Ah. That's if, they're, if, if they're right-handed, they'll look down to the left. If they're left-handed, they'll look down to the right. But generally speaking, if they're walking down the street and they're looking down, you know that person is having internal dialogue and accessing emotions. Hmm. And the teen will be exactly the same. Now, they tend to have more of this because they get involved with a lot of negative thinking and pressure on teens. Yeah, There's a lot of rumination goes on and overthinking because emotions and how they're perceived are important. This episode is coming soon to Talking to Teens. If you want to get the whole thing right now, sign up for a membership. Our members get exclusive access to the full-length extended editions of all of our podcast episodes and unreleased episodes weeks before they become available to the public. Take advantage of our 14-day free trial. Sign up for a membership today.